chaos is everywhere. Uh, this is Jonathan Gilchrist. I just want to let everybody know that I am currently a little bit under the weather. So we're going to be able to do our regular schedule Chaos at Rainside this week. Instead, enjoy this special episode of Chaos the Final Frontier, where I sat down and watched the uh, 1902 movie, A Trip to the Moon. It's a lot of fun. I did mention it this week on uh, Monday's show. Hopefully by next week I should be back to normal, but um, until then, enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, this is Jonathan Gilchrist coming at you with Chaos, The Final Frontier and I'm all by my lonesome today, just you and me. Uh, We are just out of the Christmas season, so I hope everybody had a happy holiday. Because of the holiday, uh, we're having a little bit of uh, scheduling snafu type of thing. And I'm basically recording this episode, a very special episode of Chaos, The Final Frontier, just in case me and Mr. Vice can't get a hold of each other to, you know, record our regular DS9. So we're going to watch a movie together. This might come out as a bonus episode later on, or it'll be the Monday after Christmas 2021. So you'll know before I do. Uh, but instead of doing a Star Trek episode, because I don't want to leave Mr. Vice behind with the story, uh, we're going to be watching a different type of sci-fi. And uh, I really racked my brain because I was like, well, what, what could I watch that I'm not going to regret not watching with either uh, Artie Vice or DJ Madman? And I thought, let's go really old and obscure. Well, not really obscure, but old. Um, we're going to be watching from 1902, A Trip to the Moon. Um, if you don't know what this movie is, you I, you definitely have seen at least one scene of it, which we'll talk about. Um, but... It's going It's going to be basically the oldest movie we've ever watched in the show. It's only about 16 minutes long, so it's not going to be a long episode, maybe, you know, 20 minutes or so. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. It's a very, I've watched already, it's a very almost creepy movie to me. Uh, but I thought you guys would enjoy this, and it's, you know, a nice solo project. So if you're all ready for us, um, we're at zero, and we're going to hit play in three two, one, play. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to pause it in a second again, and then we'll revamp up in case you didn't get it quite right, because there's something I want to read for you guys at the beginning of this um, episode. Just some background information that I think is really cool, but I'm waiting until it gets to it. And uh, yeah, there's no dialogue. This is this is so old. This isn't even like a, the silent movies like you would see for Charlie Chaplin, where there are those cards that say, you know, tell you what's going on. Um, pause the movie if you would. Um, it's so old, there's no dialogue, but the music, if you get a chance, watch it again with the sound up just to hear the music. But here's what I wanted to read. In 1902, George Mills shoots uh, A Trip to the Moon. The film is proposed um, in black and white and also in color, uh, hand-painted. It is released everywhere in the world. We'll get to that in a second. The color version, considered as lost during several decades, is then found in 1993 um, by some French words that I can't pronounce. 
However, it is it's in desperate condition. As of 1999, highly delicate work began to rescue the dig, uh, the di, oh, rescue and digitize the elements. It is only in 2010 that a complete restoration could be launched in order to enable the audience to rediscover the major cinema work 109 years later. It's 109 years after its creation. Digital tools available today allow reassembly of the fragments of 13,375 frames of the film and restore them one by one. Missing frames lost or too damaged um, in the color version. I'm paraphrasing because I've read this, but it's kind of blacked off. In the color version have been um, replaced by the black and white uh, version. So there you go. That's If you pause it right when I said pause it, that's what that says. It's a fucking wild history uh but there you go so if you paused it right where i was you'd be at 30 seconds so you want to get to 30 and then we're going to hit play in three two one play and it'll stay up on the screen for a while i didn't know if i had to pause it but i'm not that fast of a reader so i want to make sure i paused it and give you guys the um 411 on that um so this movie is obviously, it's now the oldest movie we've ever done and probably will be the oldest movie we've ever done because before that was Freaks from 1932. This dates it by 30 years, so we win. Um, but it's a very simple plot. It's It took them, how many months did they say? Like, I think it was like three or four months to shoot this 16-minute movie. And... Um, it's, it does get some really weird stuff, right? But the plot's very, very simple. It's a um, group of people get, uh, I wouldn't even say rocket ship, but they fly to the moon, they land on the moon, they explore, they get chased away by natives and, on the moon, and then return to Earth. That's the whole plot. Right now we're seeing in the... Um, in like it's basically just supposed to be like a college they're uh they're discussing going to the moon and such this is why it's really weird to me because like i told you guys there's no like um no cards so there's n we're just supposed to basically be able to from their actions to figure out what they're discussing like so yeah so okay the guy that made this movie uh, you, you think to yourself, okay, yeah, he made this movie, you know, there might have been like three people making movies at the time. Well, this was one, probably his best, no, this is his best known movie out of the 520 movies he made throughout his whole life. 520. Like, they obviously were not all very long, but Jesus Christ, 520. Um, but the, this is... As a historian, as a guy that loves history, if you don't know already that Thomas Edison was a dick, let me give you a new story about that. So this movie was made, and it was made you know, to make somebody money, make the director money. He specifically knew that if he could release it in America, he would make a lot of money. Before he could release it, like weeks before, Edison had sent people out to steal prints of the movie in Europe, because this was a French movie, and they released it weeks before this guy could ever 
get it to America. So he never made any money on the showings in America and actually died broke years later uh, because of it. All because Edison was really a dick. He did not care who he hurt, didn't care what he did. He was all about Edison. Just, just uh, like, I, that's not even the worst story I've heard of him, but it just, every time he shows up, he's just the worst. But yeah, I like, I don't know if this is how it originally looked. I'm assuming this has got to be close to how it originally looked, but the color is really weird. It's so vibrant in some places and so like, like not like the jackets are like supposed to be green I think but they fade back from yellow to tan depending on where they are on the screen but um interesting interesting because of the time period how they imagine space flight because basically what they imagine as you can see if you're watching the scene right here is a bunch of guys getting into a bullet and being fired at the moon, which seems, you know, crazy from our point of view. However, um, and this is a plug for another podcast that has been doing it longer than I've ever, well, I've even been aware of a podcast and have been doing it better. Um, if you ever listen to Hardcore History, in fact, I think right now you can still listen to it for free. There's a six-part series on the uh, First World War, which is really cool, um, really made me... Uh, appreciate the first world war and realize how little we actually have like documentaries of it uh to go back to because it all gets overshadowed by the second world war anyway uh big part of that war was the huge technological innovation and the giant massive guns that just destroyed these huge fortifications that were so you know costly built but they were just blown apart by one shell so when you realize that that was technology about 13 years after this movie, um, it makes more sense that they would be thinking like, oh yeah, a giant gun. That's how we would ever get to the moon for going. This is uh, based on, uh, a, actually it's based on two books, one by Jules Verne and one by H.G. Wells. I love that for 60 minutes they, they have two source material. Excuse me. Yeah, it's like, and there's no special effects. Like they literally just, I know it all looks very cartoony, but it's like, nope, those are all real guys. The the color comes from hand painting the cells, but the, the shots are, they just had this. I don't even think they had matte painting. You'll notice if you watch the whole movie, there's no close-ups or anything either. This is just like every scene is shot from this angle. Uh, the, you know, different cam, you know, I'm not a film historian. I didn't take a lot of those classes, although sometimes I wish I did. Um, but I do know that like stuff like the close up and stuff that we take for granted, like just different, um, angles on shots did not exist until somebody invented them. I mean, it sounds stupid when you say it like that, but it's true. It's like, you don't, you take that for granted that all this stuff had to be invented and done first by somebody. Uh, this movie happens to be the first science fiction movie, pretty much, and also the first animated movie because it was, you know, colored in a lot of it. 
Also, none of these actors were credited because um, there were no, there was no such thing at this point as credits, uh, either opening or closing. So the only way we were able to put together who was in this movie was uh, 30 years later um, when the director died, I think. They found a letter that sort of talked about who was in the movie. Now, if you've never seen this movie, never heard of this movie, this scene you have seen before. It is constantly reused in different things. If you're not watching along, you're just listening. If you've ever seen the scene um, of the moon with a face in it, and then a bullet comes in and hits the moon in the eye, that scene is from this movie. That's what we just saw. And it's like the biggest, most replayed thing about this movie. It's the thing that keeps this movie relevant um, to this day besides all the other stuff. Which, you know, some of the other stuff I'm going to talk about is actually some of the stuff they got right about the moon. For, you know, obviously they didn't realize that the moon wouldn't have air or, you know, wouldn't have gravity. But what they do know, like what they got right was the fact that, you know, space shuttles are kind of bullet-like, you know, um, apparatuses. And you can see the Earth rise right there from the moon. Like they see an Earth rise. And what was the other thing? Um... I can't remember. There's a, there's a couple other things. But the fact that they're getting this right in 1902 is actually really impressive. Also, if you're watching this along, I'm helping you check some stuff off your bucket list because this is the oldest movie to appear in a list. I forget which. It was like a book written by somebody. But it was a thousand movies you need to see before you die. This is the oldest movie on that list. So if you're watching this with me today, I'm helping you check that off your bucket list. Yep, those guys are just taking a random nap at the moon. No, I don't know where their giant bullet went. I think, honestly, because the way it's shot, it's weird. I think what we're supposed to have um, understood is that they've walked away from the bullet, even though they didn't really move. So that's why they're like, there's no bullet. They just, they walked away and now they're sleeping somewhere else. Another weird little just thing to remember. I'm like, I'm very sure this was before Pluto was um, discovered. So, like, you see Saturn represented there, but I don't know. If, I think they knew about the other eight, but I don't know if Pluto, I know Pluto has been discovered because I think it was like 1932 or something when it was discovered. It was definitely not 1902, I can tell you that. Here we go, we're just snowing on the moon, because of course it would snow on the moon. I I didn't see anything about it. I wonder how much like direction people actually got. Like, did they just walk around and do whatever they wanted to do? Or did the director tell them exactly what he was looking for them to do? I don't know. I like I said I didn't see anything. I just that, that's the sort of thing that fascinates me. So they've seemed to go on underground in the moon, and now they're just looking around. This scene I don't really get, because the his, uh, his umbrella is about to become a mushroom, and I don't know exactly why his umbrella becomes a mushroom. But maybe that's the whole point. They're just freaked out. Like, oh my god, the moon turns your umbrellas into mushrooms. Uh, 
the uh, Martians here are actually trained acrobats. It's part of the... Well, I guess they're not Martians. The moon, the moon men are trained acrobats who explode in a puff of smokes when you hit them. So, I didn't get this when I first watched it, but now that I um, read up on this a little bit, it definitely stands out to me. This movie is thought to be a commentary about anti-imperialism. Because if you think about it, like, this is 1890s still... Well, 1890 when the director was against the, the French movement. I can't remember what the name of it was. But basically, they, they were against imperialism. So right before this period, right before World War One, this is when England, England and a lot of the other European nations were taking over huge chunks of the rest of the globe. And part of World War One would be that they would, uh, you know, would um, call on these people to help fight the war, people from Africa and such. That's part of what makes it a world war. And so this movie very much shows like these these Earthlings decided to come to you know, the moon, they kill, it looks like they killed the queen, they start attacking the natives, all because they think they have a right to the planet, or they have a right to the moon just because they're, you know, from Earth, just because they're white men, basically from France. Oh, this was another thing that they got right. So, um, the, uh, the astronauts, I don't know what they would have called themselves, have just gotten back to their bullet, and it's on the edge of a cliff. I love the, like, they got this right, but you don't really, because it's so weird. Basically, the main astronaut's going to pull the bullet off this cliff, and uh, it's going to go all the way back to Earth, and that's how they're going to get back to Earth, is basically fall off a cliff, and it's just going to obviously drive them to Earth. I don't know what their concept of what space would have been in 1902. They might have thought it was something you could, like, like that like it's still the ether from back in the day but that is something they got right right there is like they have a touchdown in the uh in the water their capsule and it's you know that's how they're brought back to earth and that's clearly how later capsules were found but yeah no the um our adventure is almost over they got back from the moon uh with a moonling and uh now we're going to see what happens. Everybody's going to... They're all celebrated as heroes. They're basically dragging the kidnapped moon person around with the bullet. You know, just, just bragging about how they've completely, you know, completely outsmarted that culture of moonlings that of course are no match for white Europeans. It really does stand out as like, oh yeah, that's really good satire, especially for the time. I hope I hope I uh I hope you guys really enjoy that and dig that little factoid as much as I do because it really watching it the first time, um, like I said, it was it was cool. The movie, like I said, almost was creepy with the music, which again I say it's only sixty minutes. Go back and watch it with the music. And just, yeah, just, it's really creepy. But the idea of now having in the back of my head, it's about, uh, it's a takedown of imperialism. Man, that's, yeah, that, that works. That, that is good stuff.
Yeah, and there we see our our trepids uh, hero who started the whole mission now has his own statue that they're gonna dance around in victory because he went to the moon and defeated the moon winds. So there you go. That is a trip to the moon from 1902. Like I said, it's only a short 60-minute film, so it's going to be a very short episode. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I'm just doing this as a precautionary measure because of the timing of our schedule. If it comes out the Monday after Christmas, uh, we'll be back next week with our regular DS9 episode that we were planning on. Um, depending on how the how it works out with the rest of the schedule, uh, we might not be doing Chaos and Rainside. I might come back with a, another solo episode uh, this time. I might. There's a couple things I might do, uh, but you know, I'll you know we'll have an episode, um, but we'll see what happens. It's all up in the air right now. But um, regardless, uh, next week will be uh, DS9 and will be uh, either WrestleMania or Uncensored. Um, I'm not sure which order we're going to do it in, but it's going to be one of the wrestling pay-per-views. And um, we'll just have to wait another little while to talk about all the stuff that's happening in AEW, especially the uh, new, well, as of recording now, the relatively new premiere of Kyle O'Reilly. I'm very excited about it. I'm sure our device is excited about it. Uh, maybe he had a heart attack of overjoy when it happened. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope I didn't bore you. And I hope you uh, join us on Wednesday. And, oh, thanks to Eric Bowman for the theme song. Follow us uh, on Twitter at uh, Chaos Poncho. Follow me at LastGilchrist1. And uh, just... Have a great uh, rest of your week. Have a great New Year's, and we will see you uh, soon.